How's it going, fellow geeks? And get this, I love Dragon Ball. I made it very apparent on this podcast that I'm a huge Dragon Ball fan, especially Z and Super. And honestly, what's not to love about it? Dragon Ball might be my favorite anime of all time, even though that sounds very generic, but I can't help myself. Anyway, I recently finished watching every episode of Dragon Ball Super again, because why the hell not? I need to find something to bitch watch that wasn't The Office. <laughs> Still, even though I find DBS to be slightly inferior to DBZ, I still think it's an excellent follow-up. Unlike GT, which, let's be real, it sucks. Take a shot every time you hear that. Anyway, watching these episodes again got me thinking, if I can make a top 10 list about my favorite fights, which ones will I feature? Hence the existence of this episode. I'll be sharing my top 10 favorite fights from Dragon Ball Super. These fights we judge based on their build-up, action, and how impactful they were to the series in general and I'm always taking the fights from the show. Believe me, I absolutely love Gogeta vs. Brawly, but I'm trying to avoid movie fights as they deserve their own list. Originally, I was going to start with my favorite fights from DBZ, but I figured I should get this one out of the way first while Super was still fresh on my mind. Maybe next time. Of course, this is all just my opinion. There is a lot of fights to consider, so hopefully some of you aren't too upset if your favorite one isn't featured. Probably not. What are you going to do? <laughs> I'm Eric from Geeks Crossing, and this is my top 10 favorite fights from Dragon Ball Super. Before that, let's go through my honorable mentions. The Z Fighters vs Frieza's Army. It was pretty cool seeing characters like Tien and Roshi come out of retirement if you will, and help Gohan, Piccolo, and Krillin take on Frieza's Army. With help from Jocko of course, even though he barely did anything. However, I feel like this fight was handled much better in the Frieza movie than the show. Get used to hear me saying that, because next we have Goku vs Beerus. As much as I love this fight, We've already seen it before in the Battle of Gods movie, so we knew what to expect. But, as a starting point for the series, it's still watchable. It pains me to do this, but the next honorable mention I have is Goku and Vegeta vs Golden Frieza. Believe me, I love this fight, but we've seen this fight already in Revival of F. At least having this fight made sense for story purposes, but still. Lastly, we have Android 18 vs Ribrian. Honestly, does anyone actually like Ribrian? Because that fat, ugly bitch annoyed the hell at me. Thankfully, 18 was able to overcome her lovey-dovey crap and knock her out of the tournament. Hey, Ribrian insulted Krillin, who's 18's husband, mind you. Bitch had it coming. Alright, that's all my honorable mentions. Now we can move on to my list. Number 10. Vegeta vs. Kaba slash Kaba vs. Mona. That's right, starting off my list we have a tie because they both have identical pros. Starting with Vegeta vs. Kaba. During the tournament between Universe 6 and Universe 7, Vegeta found himself fighting Kaba, who happens to be a Saiyan just like him. The fact that Universe 6 had its own race of Saiyans was fucking awesome. However, they lacked the ability to become Super Saiyans. During the fight, Kaba asked Vegeta if he can help him go Super Saiyan. This led to Vegeta being the living shit out of the guy and even threatened to annihilate their version of Planet Sadala. However, hearing those threats left Kaba in rage, causing him to finally become a Super Saiyan. Basically, this was Vegeta's twisted way of motivating Kaba. Sadly, even with this new power, Kaba couldn't defeat Vegeta, but he gained something better. A student-slash-mentor bond with Vegeta. This bond stayed strong throughout the series, even going to the Tournament of Power. This time, Kaba had a tough time fighting Mona from Universe 4. Before she could eliminate him, Vegeta stepped in and saved Kaba. Despite that, Vegeta was disappointed in Kaba and told him he shouldn't forget his same pride. This determination to please Vegeta, as well as hearing insults from Mona, gave Kaba the incentive to reach Super Saiyan 2, which was awesome. With this newfound power, 
Cabo was able to knock Mona and her roly-poly ass out of the tournament. Because both fights helped Cabo reach new heights and further respond with Vegeta, I had to rank them together. Number 9. Master Roshi vs. Universe 4 I know, he only battled 3 members and they have names, but does anyone really give a shit? Anyway, Master Roshi's been kinda irrelevant since the original Dragon Ball ended. Yeah, he was still around in DBC, but he barely did anything. Thankfully, Super gave Roshi some much needed screen time and development, especially when he was chosen to be on Goku's team for the Tournament of Power. His most impressive fight was against 3 members of Universe 4, starting with Kawei, who tried seducing Roshi. Thankfully, Roshi trained extra hard to suppress his preferred needs beforehand. Even though it looked like her charms worked, Roshi only pretended to be infatuated so he could land an attack on Kuei, which involved scaring the hell out of her enough to leave the ring, which was hilarious. Next, he battled Takori, who loves to fight in the shadows. The only way Roshi was able to beat her was by using the Mafuba, or Evil Containment Wave. This was such a big deal because we haven't seen him use that technique for a while, and I can see why because that move takes a heavy toll on your body, which made things difficult when he fought Ganos, the de facto leader of Universe 4. Despite Roshi having the upper hand, Ganos quickly overpowered him when he digivolved into this bird monstrosity. With Ganos getting stronger literally every second, Roshi had no other resource than to go above his limits, and by that, I mean unleashing a Kamehameha wave so powerful that it can end his life. As a result, Ganos was knocked out but Roshi fainted. Luckily he was revived by Goku, but that shit was crazy to watch. Roshi may be a pervert, but when it comes to fighting, he knows how to get serious, and this fight proves it. Number 8. Goku and Vegeta vs. Universe 9 After Universe 7 pretty much dominated Universe 9 during the Zeno Expos, Universe 9 swore revenge on Goku when it was time for the Tournament of Power. And they took that shit seriously because within the first few minutes, Universe 9's Supreme Kai had all 10 of their warriors target Goku, including Basil, Lavender, and Bergamo, who already fought Majin Buu, Gohan, and Goku during the Zeno Expos. Knowing their techniques beforehand, Goku and Vegeta learned a new barrier technique, that way, they could protect themselves from being poisoned by Lavender and its discount version of Poison Jab. Even so, Universe 9 was hell-bent on making sure Goku was eliminated, so much so that they had their strongest members corner him and Vegeta. But the moment their teamwork was slightly off, Goku and Vegeta kept eliminating each member like it was nothing, eventually leading to a final clash between our two favorite Saiyans and the trio of Cookie Crips rejects. But that couldn't save them from the inevitable. Witnessing Goku and Vegeta single-handedly knock out an entire team during the tournament was awesome. Okay, they had a little bit of help from 18 and Frieza, but still. This fight also showed us how serious Grand Zeno was about erasing the team's whole universe if they lose. Yeah, you thought they were a bunch of childlike beings? No, they're literally the kings of everything, they can do whatever the fuck they want. Number 7. Gohan and Piccolo vs. Sonel and Perina. If you guys thought Universe 6 having Saiyans was a big deal to me, imagine the look on my face when I found out they had their own Namekians too. Sonel and Perina. Granted, these two barely did anything when the tournament started. It wasn't until the halfway mark where they finally revealed themselves, and not surprisingly, they took an interest in Piccolo. In fact, we learned that these two not only have the same abilities as Piccolo, but another thing in common. Unlike Piccolo, who only fused with the strongest Namekians in his universe, those being Nail and Kami, so Nell and Perina fused with every Namekian from their own universe, which explains how strong they are. So yeah, needless to say, go on and Piccolo were in a tough situation. Especially Gohan, who volunteered to take both of them on while Piccolo charged his special beam cannon. In a way, this was Gohan's attempt to try and prove to Piccolo that all their training sessions wasn't for nothing. Even though it looked like the odds were against them, Piccolo tapped into whatever power he had left, which helped him and Gohan defeat his bluish green copies. You know, when you really think about it, Piccolo and Gohan just eradicated the entire Namekian race from Universe 6. That shit is mind-blowing to think about. 
Still, this was definitely Piccolo's defined moment in years. Oh yeah, at the same time, Gohan, 17, and 18 were fighting the last remaining members of Universe 2. But that fight made me uncomfortable, and I only really cared about Gohan and Piccolo. So, yeah. Sorry about that. Number 6. Universe 7 vs. Agni Laza. Yeah, I probably butchered that name. But then again, so did everyone watching Zub. Hmm. Anyway, Universe 3 has been kinda shafted throughout the Tournament of Power. Until Dr. Paparoni Pizza fused with robotic minions to form a giant demonic android called Agni Laza. Fuck it. I'll call him Giant Demon Android Man because that's basically who he is. <laughs> anyway, this robotic monstrosity was no pushover, as every attack Goku and his allies dish out barely did anything. In a way, this fight gave me serious Wrath of the Dragon vibes, because it involves Goku and his many allies teaming up to fight a giant foe. This was also the first time we truly seen Universe 7 work together at all during this tournament. Even Frieza decided to help out, which was fucking nuts. Another reason that makes this fight so good was 18, who sacrificed herself to save 17 from falling out of the ring. This gave 17 the extra incentive to pull through and damage Giant Demon Android Man's power core, thus allowing Goku, Vegeta, Gohan, and Frieza to deliver the final blow. Even though this fight was merely the calm before the storm, I gotta give it credit for being pretty damn entertaining. Number 5. Goku vs. Hit it's the alleged finals of the Universe 6 vs. Universe 7 tournament, and it's between Goku and Hit, the quote-unquote legendary assassin of Universe 6, who easily took out Vegeta. Thankfully, Goku was given a second chance to find the tournament after he was unfairly eliminated by Frost, aka Discount Frieza. You know I'm not wrong about that. Anyway, what made Hit a formidable foe was because of his time skip ability, meaning he could land a devastating attack every tenth of a second. Needless to say, Goku was in a tough spot, Still, that hasn't stopped him from exceeding his limits. At that time, Goku's highest level of power was Super Saiyan Blue, but even that wasn't enough to match Hit's power. To compensate, Goku decides to use the Kaioken technique while he was still in Super Saiyan Blue form. This was such a big deal because we haven't seen Goku use that move in years, and who would have thought it was possible to use the Kaioken while in a Super Saiyan form? This definitely gave Goku a winning edge, but took a heavy toll on his body, so much so that Goku ended up quitting, knowing he did all he could to possibly win. Hit was so impressed by Goku's honor that he purposely lost against Minako, thus winning the tournament for Universe 7. This is also one of the few times where Goku makes amends with the saga's quote-unquote villain immediately after a fight. Granted, Goku vs. Beerus kinda started that, but it's still great to see. Number 4. Vegito and Trunks vs. Zamasu This guy Zamasu. He was definitely something alright. A Supreme Kai from Universe 10 who used the Super Dragon Balls to switch bodies with Goku, thus forming Goku Black, who began terrorizing Trunks' future. Goku and his allies did everything they could to stop Samusu. They had Beerus annihilate him before he could make that wish, use the evil containment wave which they learned from Roshi, but Goku forgot the seal they needed to close the bottle. Oof. And to make matters worse, Samusu and his future self fused together to form Perfect Samusu, a fusion that's only half immortal. Remember that because it'll be important. Goku and Vegeta then decide to use the Batara earrings to do a fusion of their own. That's right. This fight marked the epic return of Vegito, who we haven't seen since the battle against Super Buu. However, this time the fusion can only last 30 minutes instead of forever. Or, it would have been forever if they haven't been eaten by Super Buu. The point is, it was awesome to see Vegito again, and seeing him go Super Saiyan Blue made it even better. Unfortunately, the fusion timed out before Goku and Vegeta could win. All seemed lost until the moral part of Zamasu kept straining his body, allowing Trunks to briefly harness the power of a Super Saiyan God and eviscerate Zamasu. How poetic is it that Trunks killed the main villain of the sagas he debuted in, and the one he returned for? Number 3. Vegeta vs. Top In third place, we have the battle between essentially the two second 
strongest warriors of Universe 7 and 11 respectively, as much as Vegeta hates to admit it. These two fought briefly during the Tournament of Power's first half, where they seemed to be on equal terms, until during the second half where Universes 7 and 11 were the only Universes left. At that point, Top resorted in using his untapped power he had hidden this whole tournament. It turns out, Top was chosen to be Universe 11's next god destruction after Pennywise, resulting in him gaining enormous power. Not even 17 and Frieza were able to do anything, which is pretty sad. Soon enough, Vegeta became his next target and it wasn't much better. Top went even as far as to mock Vegeta for his Saiyan pride, but disrespecting his Saiyan's pride is the worst thing Top could have done as Vegeta pulled through and beat the living shit out of him. This led to Vegeta using his final explosion, which had enough power to defeat Top. That was insane because we all know Vegeta only uses that said move as a last resort. In other words, it's a suicidal move as we saw when he fought Majin Buu. This time, however, Vegeta survived thanks to reaching the max level of Super Saiyan Blue. Even though he fell to Jiren afterwards, this was a great battle worthy of being ranked very high. Number 2. Goku vs. Kefla The runner-up for my favorite fight is without a doubt, Goku vs. Kefla. It turns out Universe 6 doesn't just have Saiyans, but female Saiyans at that, something we hardly see in the series. But unlike Kappa who acts all polite and respectful, Khalifa acts very ruthless and egotistical. In a way, she kinda acts like how Saiyans are supposed to be, at least in Universe 7. As for Kale, her best friend slash sister figure, she's very timid and unsure of herself. During the Tournament of Power, Khalifa viewed Goku as a rival and mentor as she wanted Goku to teach her to go above Super Saiyan. Unfortunately, Kale felt betrayed by this, thus triggering her Super Saiyan Berserk mode, which is pretty much the canonical version of Brawly's legendary Super Saiyan mode, except she had trouble controlling it. Eventually, her and Khalifa patched things up and challenged Goku again during the second half. This time, they used their Supreme Kai's Batara earrings and became a fused fighter named Kefla. She was so powerful that she even gave Super Saiyan Blue Goku a run for his power. When it looked like she had the winning edge, Goku once again achieved Ultra Instinct, a technique that only angels could achieve. With his immense power and speed, Goku was able to beat Kefla, especially when he landed a Kamehameha wave right at her face. That was fucking awesome! And the writers knew that too, which is why they replayed that shit at least three times. Goku vs. Kefla may have been a very impressive fight, but there's still one that tops it. Number 1. Goku, Frieza, and Android 17 vs. Jiren Come on, people! Are you that surprised? This fight has been foreshadowed and hyped since the Tournament of Power began. When the Pride Troopers of Universe 11 found out the tournament's high stakes, they recruited their strongest member, that being Jiren. And when I say strong, I mean almost invincible. Seriously, this guy can tank attacks and deliver them just by blinking his eyes. That's fucking insane! That's because Jiren's power exceeds even the power of a destroyer god, which makes him the perfect opponent for Goku. However, none of his attacks did anything to Jiren when they fought during the first half. Seriously, Goku tried everything! The Kaioken, Super Saiyan Blue, and even the Spirit Bomb, which even that failed! But taking the Spirit Bomb head-on has triggered Goku to reach a new level of power, which he never knew he had. Of course, I'm talking about Ultra Instinct. With this new power, Goku was able to deal serious damage on Jiren. The only downside was he was still getting used to that power, so he had to hold off their fight until the second half. By then, Goku and Jiren were one of the few remaining fighters left. Before Jiren can claim victory, Goku achieved Ultra Instinct for the third time and finally mastered it. Or so we thought. Even though Goku finally had the winning edge over Jiren, his body was completely strained afterwards. But in a very shocking twist, Frieza saved Goku from being eliminated, and Seventeen was still alive even after sacrificing himself? I lost my shit when I saw that! This definitely helped turn the tables. 
And seeing Goku and Frieza fighting together against Jiren is something I'm sure none of us ever saw coming. I mean, Vegeta's face said it all. <laughs> With their combined strength and 17's constant attacks, they had just enough power to finally defeat Jiren. And 17 was declared the winner of the whole tournament. Considering Goku and Frieza had to eliminate themselves so they can stop Jiren. My god, what an ending. Yes, there's no denying that Gogeta vs. Brawly overshadows this fight. But in terms of the show, it's still fantastic and easily earns the number one spot. You know, I just realized something. How could I forget to talk about the new Dragon Ball Super movie that's coming out soon? Well, as of the making of this episode. Still, I'm excited for it. Sure, it looks weird, but I've seen worse. Trust me. Who knows? Maybe I'll do an episode reviewing that movie when it comes out. If you guys want. Hey, I'm down. This podcast is in desperate need of more Dragon Ball content. So fucking sad, but it's true. <laughs> anyway, I'm happy I got to watch Dragon Ball Super again. And I can honestly say, these fights still hold up. So we'll find how much the series has evolved over the years. And if the movie does well enough, the series might get a comeback. Even though I've been hearing rumors about that for a long time. Toei, please make that shit happen, please. But until then, what are some of your favorite fights from Dragon Ball Super? You can tell us on our Discord server, and while you're at it, follow us on Instagram, at Geeks Crossing. Continue to support us on all major platforms, such as Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Amazon Music, Audible, iHeartRadio, or whatever platform you're using right now. If you want more geeky content, check out Nuclear Bacons, Cryptolog Games, and Carabyte on Twitch. And tell your friends and family about us, especially any Dragon Ball fans you know. Thank you for listening, and stay true to your geek selves.